it went from being an idea that we had talked about to something that was developed and then opening our doors in literally a matter of weeks. And we're so happy that we were able to provide this service for our patients. This is the James Cancer-Free World Podcast. I'm Steve Wartenberg, and my guest today is Dave Cohn, the Chief Medical Officer of the James. Dave will fill us in on the brand new state-of-the-art James Cancer Diagnostic Center, which will speed up the process of diagnosing cancer in patients from Central Ohio and beyond and save a lot of lives. Welcome back to the podcast, Dave. Thanks, Steve. It's great to be here again. Dave, this is the third podcast we've done in the past um, few weeks, so I think you might be my official co-host now. Well, I'm not so sure about co-host, but certainly the timeliness of the podcast and communicating about COVID and other issues has really been important for the cancer community. Thank you for that. Yeah, that you're right, and, that, and that's what I wanted to. Why I brought that up because it's, you have become one of the key voices of the James during these kind of difficult and unprecedented and confusing times and have become a great source of accurate science and vital information about how the James is coping with COVID and what cancer patients and their families need to know. So thanks for filling everyone in and doing it in such a easy to understand way. Pleasure. And that brings us to the new Diagnostic Center, which is really a big step forward and, and kind of interesting concept. But first, Dave, talk about how cancer diagnoses worked before COVID and then how it's changed because of COVID? So I would say that cancer diagnoses um, is still the same. And I want to kind of back up for a second and kind of make a couple statements about the general principles that we know that the earlier that a cancer is diagnosed, the better the outcome. Um, So that's kind of the argument for why Screening for cancer is critically important. The ability to detect things before someone has symptoms of cancer, before they have an abnormal, you know, pap test or colonoscopy, that before a cancer develops, you might even find precancerous conditions. So that's how some cancers are diagnosed. Others are diagnosed only after someone has a concern, you know, a symptom of a cough or an x ray that shows something abnormal or a blood test that's abnormal. And patients are then referred on for further evaluation and testing. So, so none of so they, so they would start with their primary care physician, who would detect something perhaps abnormal, and then they take the next step. That's exactly right. And so, in a in a usual non pandemic world, that's how that would happen: is a primary care doctor would you know evaluate someone for somebody's concerns. They would then do whatever testing is necessary. And then that healthcare provider, whether it's a nurse practitioner, a physician's assistant, or a physician would then refer somebody on for further diagnostic testing to prove, do they have cancer or not? And that's where that person would come to the James. Well, sometimes they'd even get their diagnostic testing in the community still, you know, at a non-cancer hospital or at a non-cancer clinic. And sometimes that's a biopsy. Um, Sometimes that's additional blood work but that doesn't have to be done in a, in a cancer clinic or a cancer hospital. So what has changed in that sort of two, three-step process? So what we realized is as COVID-19 um, really ravaged our community, the most important thing that was set up was that we had to shut down many of the what is called elective um, testing procedures. And so sometimes those were colonoscopies or pap tests. So that's the screening side. 
but also physician offices became very difficult to access because either they were shut down or they were limiting the number of patients in their waiting room or the testing centers, whether that was additional lab tests or biopsies may have shut down because they were thought not to be you know, of critical importance, urgent or emergent care. So they were temporarily paused. And so what happened, I think, is that when things began shutting down, patients became very anxious about accessing medical care. And so even if there was necessary medical care, they were still a little concerned about actually presenting for that level of care. So a lot of things changed through COVID, the screening side, the diagnosing side, as well as patient-related anxieties that kept them out of what should have been normal health care. So like in so many other instances, you saw a need, I'm guessing, and you decided what can we do to fill this void, to fill this need, to help people get these diagnoses? That is a correct statement, but I don't think that it entirely reflects the motivation for doing this because there's always been a need. And so we recognized additionally that not every patient has access to healthcare. And I think that's a really important piece. And kind of to digress for a second, we've seen that COVID has really impacted, you know, certain communities, especially those of lower socioeconomic status, much more predominantly than other communities. And so it's that community that might not have had access to healthcare or might not have had the health literacy. And so this is providing an opportunity for that patient population, but also that population that might not be getting care because of the increased pressure on access because of COVID, that we've provided an opportunity for, you know, hopefully equal access for our community uh, that needs it, especially during this time. Yeah, that's definitely a great point that underserved communities are always hit hardest by COVID, have have the the worse, worse outcomes for cancer and other diseases. So they need more help more than ever now. And that was exposed by COVID. Um, in a really impressive fashion. Again, you look at the prevalence of COVID and especially the mortality and complication rates, the rate of dying and of having major complications from COVID in those communities were a lot higher. And there's a lot of reasons for that, but we wanted to make sure that access was not one of the reasons why patients would be getting delayed care where their cancer-related survival could be worse as well. Okay, so the, the new James Cancer Diagnostic Center opened, I believe, June 15th. So walk us through it, exactly uh, what happens there, what, who can go there, how do they get there? Yep. The James Cancer Diagnostic Center uh, is physically located in the James. Um, patients can refer themselves if there's something where there's a suspicion for cancer because something has shown up on an initial test, either an x-ray or blood test or that their healthcare provider has found something on examination that's worrisome for cancer, but for whatever reason, they can't access the next step of diagnosis, or that healthcare provider may not know what to do next. And so then patients would come into the Cancer Diagnostic Center, um, and then they'd be evaluated either in a face-to-face visit or during a virtual visit, meaning by telephone or by video conference, Um, to try to figure out, you know, what is going on and what should the next step be in their further evaluation? Do they need a biopsy? Do they need further blood testing? Um, And then I think most importantly, it's that team in the cancer diagnostic uh, clinic that follows up on those tests and that ultimately refers that patient on to the cancer expert if they're diagnosed with cancer. 
But I want to also point out that not everybody that has a suspicion for cancer ends up having cancer. And so one of the really big strengths of this center is that we also have relationships with our non-cancer providers at the Wexner Medical Center, and we'd be able to refer them on, for example, to a lung specialist if a mass in the lung turns out not to be lung cancer, but another benign non-cancerous lung condition that we have an expert for that at the medical center. So how would people literally get there? Like, do they, they call? Does their primary care physician call for them? Uh, either one? That could be either one. A patient can call him or herself or a healthcare provider can call as well. Um, and, and we're working this through the James line. The James line is kind of the central point of access in our community. Um, that phone number, and I'll you know state it, and obviously we'll talk about it again, is area code 614-293-5066. Um, and these can be, again, internal referrals from the physicians at Ohio State or the providers at Ohio State or from outside of, the, uh, of Ohio State as well. Anybody can have access. And when, they, uh, when somebody calls for an appointment, the follow-up is that you know, the, the nursing staff at the James line will evaluate them to see are they appropriate for the diagnostic clinic. They'll have then the visit at the diagnostic uh, clinic with one of our nurse practitioners or physician's assistants. And then that's also, um, they have expertise in oncology care. And then that's also um, going to be involved with a physician that's got expertise uh, and experience in cancer care as well. So you've got the cancer experts that are helping to perform the diagnostic testing that leads to the subspecialty cancer referrals if a cancer is diagnosed. Dave, so if and when we get back to normal, will the diagnostic center continue or will it not be needed anymore? I would say that this is something that has always been needed and still will be needed in the future. The reason for this is, again, access is always an issue. Uh, we want to make sure that patients have equitable access to the diagnostic testing so that they can get the right diagnosis most efficiently um, and that they get to the specialist as soon as possible. I want to make two points about that. Number one is the efficiency. So this clinic has been developed in a way that allows same-day appointments or next-day appointments. That's the expectation. And you don't hear that very often in healthcare, being able to have an almost immediate access outside of something which is, you know, emergency care. But we believe this is really important in shortening that timeline to diagnosis. But then after COVID-19 uh, pandemic is, you know, is quieted down a bit when we're looking at our new normal, we still believe that this is really relevant. And so we can envision that this is a model that could be scaled in other diagnostic centers in the Outer Belt area, for example, where you could make a diagnosis of cancer in the community closest to the patient's home, and then that subspecialty care, that you know, very high-end cancer care, because every single cancer is different, could still be provided centrally at the James. Oh, so there could be satellite diagnostic centers all around central Ohio that if and when someone has cancer, they're referred to the specialist for that type of cancer at the James. That certainly is a vision, uh, and I think something that could be delivered upon as well. In that, it's you know immediate care, uh, it's care close to home, and it's efficiency in getting a diagnosis and getting a patient to the right specialist as quickly as possible through their process. I, it's obviously very hard to hear that someone may have cancer, and so the anxiety that a patient experiences between that level of communication. And when that diagnosis is made is sometimes really hard on patients, especially when it lasts for weeks and months when that evaluation and diagnostic testing is being performed. 
yeah, I mean, if you have a test and have to wait two weeks, that's two weeks where you're have no idea about your future. Absolutely. It's a hard time. Yeah. And, and it just seems to me, this is a great example of in difficult times, innovation always finds a way. And this is just an innovative idea and way to make the best of a difficult situation and then also move the needle forward in cancer diagnosis. It's always something that we had planned. We talked about, you know, in scaling this in the community, but I believe that the access issue that became really apparent because of COVID-19 just sped up that timeline. And so it went from being an idea that we had talked about to something that was developed and then opening our doors in literally a matter of weeks. And we're so happy that we're able to provide this service for our patients. That, that's a, it's a great and necessary service. And we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, Dave, we'll talk a little bit more about the Diagnostic Center and again, about the importance of early diagnoses for all types of cancer. A revolution in lung cancer treatment is happening at the James. We're proving lung cancer isn't solely defined by location and stage, but rather the individual molecules and genes that drive it. Simply put, there is no routine lung cancer. That's why our world-renowned specialists put their expertise towards treating one particular lung cancer, yours. At The James, we go beyond the routine to prevent, detect, treat, and cure your lung cancer. To learn more, call 1-800-293-5066. We're back with Dave Cohn, and we're talking about the new James Diagnostic Center. And in the first half, Dave filled us in on the nuts and bolts of this. And you mentioned briefly, but let's talk a little bit more about just how vital it is for early diagnosis, not only through screenings like colonoscopies and uh, mammograms, but also when you when just something's not right in your body and you go to your primary care physician and they start to do tests and why it's so important to get that cancer diagnosis and treatment started quickly. Yeah, it's exactly right, Stephen. So we know that patients that have an earlier diagnosis of cancer, when the cancer is diagnosed earlier in its process, they have the highest probability of being cured. And obviously, that's kind of the core principle of what we do. The earlier the stage of cancer, the higher the chance that someone will be cured. And it's also possible that there will be less treatment that's necessary. So that's a pretty strong driver. We also know that through COVID-19, we saw some really interesting trends where the percentage of individuals that were undergoing screening tests like colonoscopies for colon cancer, pap tests for cervical cancer, um, and mammograms for breast cancer had dropped off precipitously. And so there's actually been some estimates of the impact of those decreased screenings on the number of patients that could die from cancer. The director of the National Cancer Institute estimated that there was going to be an additional 10,000 deaths due to these types of cancers that patients are not getting screened for um, over the next number of years. And so that's a pretty big number. So we know that as patients didn't get their screening tests, that could have an impact. But also, patients became really nervous about accessing healthcare. So even as you said, if they're not feeling quite right or if they had some test that's a little bit off, they were very anxious about coming in to access care, and that could also increase the chance of dying of cancer if that is a cancer and it wasn't picked up as earlier as early as it otherwise would have been picked up. Boy, that's a great point because if someone had a colonoscopy scheduled in in March or April and just wasn't comfortable and they put it off and uh, one or two months become six or seven months, that's exactly what you're talking about. Same thing with mammograms. So 
boy, that's just, I think what you're saying to everyone out there is please get back on your schedule for these screening tests. It could save lives. And even though the diagnostic center is not for screening of cancers, um, it still is a really key issue is that patients still need to get back on the schedule for screening. And as you pointed out, a delay of a couple months is not going to change anyone's probability of being cured of that cancer if that's what they have. But if that turns into six months and 12 months, then that's a totally different ballgame. And that's why it's really important to recognize it's safe to get back to healthcare. We understand a whole lot about COVID and are doing everything we can to keep our population safe. And so now is the time to get back on the schedule. Can you give us a sense? It's only been uh, a week or a week and a day that it's been open. Can you just give us a sense of what's going on there and, and what you found? So we've seen a number of patients and the, the enthusiasm from the community has been really great. I mean, people are very excited to have this clinic that's available to them, again, with rapid you know, turnaround in terms of visits and, and close follow-up and expertise in the oncology world. But it's just remarkable that the first day we were open, um, we saw a patient that had a suspicion on an x-ray that they couldn't get in for diagnostic testing. Uh, So again, it validated our concern that in the community that things were not open for business like they were prior to our COVID pandemic. And so something was going to be pushed off for some period of time that was uncomfortable to the patient. And when we looked at the x-ray, we referred the patient on that same day for a CAT scan of their chest. And in in fact, there was something within the lung and the lymph nodes, and um, they're soon to undergo um, an operation for what seems to be probable lung cancer. Uh, and so identifying a cancer that would have been picked up later in the course of that disease really validated that what we're doing is important to the community. And in the second day that we were open, again, a patient came in with a concern of a mass in their, in their groin between their abdomen and their leg um, that had been slowly growing. And, you know, their, their healthcare provider was watching it. And um, this individual hadn't been able to get an appointment for a couple months for that being reevaluated and called and got a, a self-referral uh, into our clinic. And then we did a biopsy that day and confirmed that there actually was cancer in that lymph node. And that individual is now seeing our cancer experts at the James. Well, there you go. If, I mean, if you can diagnose and better treat one person a day in your first two days, and I'm sure the numbers are going to grow, then you're certainly on the right track. And this is a great service you're offering. Yeah, we're, we're never happy to be diagnosing patients with cancer, obviously. And this is, it's an interesting paradigm because as an oncologist, most of my patients come to me with a diagnosis of cancer. And so it's actually very interesting to now be an oncologist that's facilitating the diagnosis and having really hard conversations about, you know, someone recognizing that they walked in without a diagnosis and very often they're walking out hearing the words, you have cancer. And with that, someone's life changes entirely. So it actually has been a really interesting um, experience to be able to be in this different situation that despite my 20 plus year career, I'm not usually the one that makes the diagnosis, but still we're able to then you know, talk to the patient about the diagnosis and get them over to the experts. So while we're not happy to be making a diagnosis of cancer, we do recognize that doing it in an efficient and compassionate way is truly providing that appropriate service. And doing it in an efficient and compassionate way is a skill that you and many of the other, most of the other James doctors have learned over the years. Yeah. And our, and our advanced practice providers are really just incredible uh, in this capacity as well. They do an incredibly great job. 
Well, let's make sure to give everyone the number again to call. Sure. So the telephone number for the James Cancer Hospital um, Diagnostic Center, the Cancer Diagnostic Center, is our James line, which is area code 614-293-5066. Again, 614-293-5066. Well, Dave, once again, thanks for filling us in and really on this amazing new diagnostic center that's going to help a lot of people. Thanks, Steve. A pleasure to be able to talk about this uh, important initiative. And I'm guessing we'll probably be podcasting again pretty soon. I'd love to do it. Thank you. This podcast is brought to you by the Ohio State University Comprehensive Cancer Center, Arthur G. James Cancer Hospital, and Richard J. Solov Research Institute. For more information, check out our website, cancer.osu.edu.